Welcome to the Pastor's Cut. I'm Trevor Lovell, one of the pastors here at Park Community Church from our Near North location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we've altered our use of this podcast, and instead, we'll be posting a short devotional every day. We hope you'll join us and we'll enjoy listening. This is the Pastor's Cut, and I'm Trevor Lovell. All right, it's good to be with you all. Once again, I hope you're faring well in this season. Today, I'll be sharing from, honestly, one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible from Psalm 19 uh, and from verses one to four specifically. And so I'm excited to jump into it. And I wanna start out by reading that passage together. This is Psalm 19, starting at verse one. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Amen. So back at the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, we get the story of how sin entered the world. That's what chapter three of Genesis gives us. And the story of how, as a result of sin entering, brokenness came to exist in a variety of ways. Brokenness in our relationship with God, in our relationships with one another, and also in our relationship with creation. When we see that throughout the Bible, that the effects of sin, they don't just affect our relationship with God and with one another, but also with creation. We see that in Genesis 3 itself, when God is explaining the results of the fall in verses 17 and 18, he basically says to Adam, because you've disobeyed, you've eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to, cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of your field. Basically, God says that the ground is cursed because of what Adam did, and that in the fall, creation itself was damaged. And we see that throughout the Bible. And really, one of the, one of the key passages for this is Romans chapter 8, verse 20, something we actually just covered recently in our sermon series. But this is what it says there, Romans chapter 8, verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. Talking about Adam there, referencing Genesis 3 once again, that because of what he did, creation is literally subjected to futility. That's the state that it lives in. And honestly, I think we can say pretty easily that what we're experiencing now in our current season here is an aspect of creation being subjected to futility. Right, that this virus is just one example of the many ways in which ever since the fall, creation has been negatively affected by sin, causing things like sickness and death because it's been subjected to futility, as Romans puts it. But thankfully for us, that's not the end of the story because while the Bible does show us this reality and it shows us the sadness of the fall, it also reveals hope. It reveals the hope that we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ, that one day creation will be put right again. And we see even an aspect of that in this psalm, in Psalm 19. We see that even though creation has been affected, it hasn't completely fallen apart. And even now, there are aspects that are still good. And these things in this season of futility, they remind us that there is still hope and that we have a day to look forward to when all things will be made right. And this is what Psalm 19 says about this specifically. It says right in the very opening of it in verse one, it says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. 
Now, what's pretty cool about this is that here in Chicago, we actually don't see a whole lot of the heavens. You can't really see the stars here unless you're looking out over the lake, then you get to maybe see a couple of them. But for the most part, if you're deeper into the city, there's really not much besides planes and helicopters filling the skies. But lately, there has been one bright and shining body up in the sky that isn't a plane or a helicopter. The planet Venus, the second planet from the sun, known as the morning and evening star, has been incredibly bright and visible lately, and it actually will be through May of this year. We were actually having dinner a couple weeks ago as a family, and our daughter, she looked out the window and said, she said, it's the star from when Jesus was born. We were like, it it must be a plane or something. Uh, And and we looked out, and we see this star that, that literally you can't see one other star in the whole sky and yet there's this one single star that's actually a planet, but just the one. And it's so bright that it's really kind of incredible. And when you see it, it just kind of causes you to wonder a bit. Right? It serves even as, as just a small reminder that even though we feel the pains of living in a world subjected to futility, there are still aspects of creation that speak of God's glory that cause us to pause and just wonder for a little bit. Aspects of creation that speak of God's glory. And what's interesting about that is that there are things in creation that cause wonder, and there are things that cause fear too. Not everything speaks with the same voice or with the same intention. Some speak to God's glory, and some speak to the sadness of the fall. And the author of this psalm actually gets there and makes a point about that towards the end. And so there's three parts to this psalm structurally. The first one being verses one to six that talk about creation and the heavens declaring the glory of God. The second part, verses seven to 11, talk about scripture, talk about the Bible specifically and essentially what the voice of scripture does, what it causes. It says that it revives the soul, that it makes wise the simple, that its teachings are more valuable than gold and sweeter than honey. And so we see in these first two sections that along with the heavens, in the voice of scripture, that they're both good, that, that they're both speaking of God's glory. And then in the third part, in verses 12 to 14, the author moves to talking specifically about himself. And he closes with this great line that's really a prayer. He says this in verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And his prayer is essentially this, that creation speaks of your glory, that scripture speaks of your glory. Please let me do the same. Would my voice be aligned with theirs? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And when it comes to language and using words in a way that's right, I think it's something that we all struggle with. And I think it's something that we learn pretty early on. Right? If, if you have more than one kid and they're old enough to talk to each other, if you just kind of watch them for a while, it's incredible the subtleties that they're able to craft and how they use words to get under each other's skin or to bother one another. Because on the surface, if you look at their words, a lot of times there's nothing wrong with them. But you can tell that the intention was to hurt or at least to annoy or to bother. And so one of the handy phrases that my wife and I have developed and use with our kids around language and words is that we can use our words to help or to hurt people. And we want to use our words to help. We can use our words to help people or to hurt people. And we want to use our words to help people. And really, as with most of the handy phrases that we develop for kids, they're helpful not just for children, but for us too. Because the truth is, we too can use our words to help people or to hurt people. 
Our words have that power. They have that ability. They really can hurt and they really can help. And so the question for us to wrestle with today is how can we use our words to help someone? How can we use our words not to hurt somebody, but to help today? Because the truth is in this particular season, there's enough talk going around that spreads fear and that spreads panic. And there's no need to align another set of voices with that chorus. And so if we're gonna use our words for anything, let's align them with the heavens. Let's align them with scripture. Let's align our words in such a way that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart is pleasing to our God. We can use our words to help or we can use them to hurt. And today, let's use our words to help. Thanks for listening today. I hope you're doing well. We'll be back tomorrow with another short devotional. So stay tuned.